welcome to Magic and Mayhem podcast. I'm Leslie Johnston, of course, and today we have a special co-host. If you've been listening a while, you know this this man. We've talked about him, Zach, our son. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for letting me come. You're welcome. I'm, I'm so, so happy, happy you're here. here. Yeah, this is um, this is such an honor. An honor. I love it. <laughs> I love it. You've been kind of like hinting around to come on the podcast. Yeah, for for yeah, just blatantly asking, hey, when can I come on the podcast? Yeah, here we are. <laughs> well, thanks for being here. Yeah, of course. I'm happy to be here. So uh, we recently got back from a family trip to Walt Disney World. Mm-hmm. How'd that go? You hadn't been in like 10 years. Right. It was kind of the first time we enjoyed like, or, you, know, I, you know, I and, and Laurel my girlfriend uh, enjoyed like resorting. Yeah, at the Disney, mm-hmm. and you know we stayed at the the Boardwalk um, Hotel for the first half of it, which is in walking distance of the Hollywood Studios in Epcot, and we loved that. Yeah, that's a good area. Yeah, we loved that, and like there was great nighttime entertainment on the Boardwalk, and like it's almost like the time outside of the parks is almost just as much fun as the time you spend inside of the parks. You know what? I agree. And some people go uh, to the parks just to go to the parks and they don't stay on property. Yeah. um, Because it's expensive. Totally. It's pricey. I mean, it's Disney. Um, But they're going from the parks to the parks from open to close. Uh And it's the resort that really just has my heart. Totally. Because it's just so nice to, to wake up and know that you're just on property yeah you can enjoy yourself and the amenities are really nice you know boardwalk didn't have like the most like food options or anything but we were still like super comfortable there and we just had so much fun well we were in the villas so you have like access to cooking i mean i didn't really cook i did make some nachos one night yeah but you know (laughs) (laughs) yeah but you have like a refrigerator and and you have more space i think than just a regular hotel room totally and when you're kind of not focused on getting into the parks early and like going hard in the parks which we did well i felt like we went really hard (laughs) (laughs) like like it was kind of (laughs) overwhelming at times but like still we had we had days where we weren't really getting going until 11 which was super nice yeah and we like made some um you know some eggs in the morning and and you know coffee and just relaxed and yeah that really made a huge difference that was super nice well we appreciated that you went with us because we feel like you know everyone needs like a Disney travel buddy. Yeah. And you guys are our Disney travel buddies We're right now. We're so honored that you like think of us that way. <laughs> like it really is an honor. We're like, oh no, it's they're going to get sick of us sooner or <laughs> later. Well, it, it, not yet. It hasn't happened. <laughs> so today uh, you're on as, you know, a special co-host because we're talking about something that Jake and I have very little knowledge about. Right. We're here to talk about pin trading. Yes. <laughs> and I'm really excited about it. So let's just get into it because there's a lot. You gave me a little outline and there's a lot to say about it. There's a lot to say about pin trading. I can't really explain when it happened, like when I turned the corner and I was like, oh, I love pins now. <laughs> uh, but I recognize like, you know, in, in Salt Lake City, we had the 2002 Olympics and right. I still have a big pin collection from then. Oh, do you really? Yeah. I forgot that you collected the pins. Yeah. And like, it was kind of a big deal for me at the time. Yeah. Because pin trading was a big deal at the Olympics. And I recognize that I've kind of always had an affinity for pins. It was just reignited. Mm. And I didn't realize that. Well, how nice. I know. So that's kind of cool. 
really what happened because we started really, I think, becoming a Disney family in like 2019. Yeah. When Batu opened. Well, going like a lot more frequently, yeah, for sure. We've always gone, but like that's when it felt like the annual visits started and we were really like taking it seriously. Yeah, we were getting kind of like hardcore. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, 2019 and then there was a shutdown and then the shutdown just exacerbated everybody's (laughs) desire to go everywhere. Right, and so we were like, oh man, you know what would be great is Disney. (laughs) (laughs) So um, I know, I think that's when I bought my first pins. I bought some... Uh, like a mystery box of uh, Star Wars themed uh, like fighter squadron pins. Mm -hmm. And um, they were the resistance set for those who know. And we, and I got two of them and they were really cool. They're still some of my favorite ones. And then I think the next time I went back, I had done some YouTubing or some researching or something. And I was like, Oh my gosh, like pin trading is like a, like a, like a real thing. It's Mm -hmm. like a culture. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to buy a lanyard and I'm going to start trading pins. And I didn't know what I was getting myself into. Yeah. I had no idea. But now there's no looking back. There's no looking back. I've seen you looking at eBay at work. (laughs) (laughs) I have because I'm still trying to hunt down the full set of those first mystery box pins I bought. I was able to find three of them this month on eBay. You might have a problem. I do. (laughs) Do have a well, problem. I'm glad we're talking about it. We're getting it all out in the open. Zach's problem with pin trading. Yep, it's a thing. Well, I have very little um, experience with pin trading. So this trip was like really interesting because when we go to Disneyland together, we usually spend the mornings together like rope dropping and mm-hmm. kind of going and, you know, just getting our favorites in or something. And then we kind of split up in the afternoon. And I think that's when you guys do most of your browsing mm-hmm. around the parks and taking in more of the atmosphere and doing pin trading. Totally. But on this Disney World trip, because everything was so new, and I think you guys were a little bit overwhelmed, and we wanted to show you kind of like our favorite things about it. Right. We spent a lot more time together, so we saw pin trading in action. Right. And I noticed y'all put out effort to kind of go at our pace a little bit. Oh, yeah, we did. (laughs) Yeah. Because we kind of mosey on a little bit slower than y'all than you guys do. Yeah, for sure. You you and but in the morning like we're we're game to like go and jump from attraction to attraction, but by the end but by the by the time lunch hits and you know, we just want to cruise around and look at pin boards and stuff. Well, that one night when we went to the extended hours at Magic Kingdom, uh-huh. um I just got like some popcorn and I was like, yeah, whatever. Like right. let's just cruise. Right. And and it really is just kind of we we use it as an excuse to like just cruise the parks. Yeah. Um like specifically in Disneyland and move away from the Disney World subject. Like we really like hanging out in California Adventure and we love the atmosphere there, especially kind of in the, the Grizzly Peaks Peaks area that's like really forested. And It they can have, be like a lot more quiet over there. Totally. Except during Oogie Boogie. Right. It's crazy. It's crazy. <laughs> right. But like at night, it's really relaxing over there and we love the pier and we know where all the boards are, so... We're just like, oh, you want to go to Grizzly Peaks and we'll hang out. We'll check out the board and we and, you know, it gives Laurel a chance to look through the gift shop. So it's kind of it's just kind of keeps us moving through the lands to check yeah. out the boards, you know. And you like um, explore more. I feel like you're taking in more of the atmosphere and you're learning like more of the nooks and crannies of the parks. That happens. Yeah. And we also talk to a lot of cast members. Mm, and that's probably really fun. Yeah. That's like where a lot of the magic comes in is where you're talking to cast members. Nice. Yeah. So give us a little history of pin trading. Um, so I mentioned the Olympics earlier. Around 1999, 
pin trading. There was like a some sort of pin trading event. I don't know a whole lot about it, but there was some sort of pin trading event that was in Epcot that had to do with um, what was it called? The Millennium Celebration, where they actually were like encouraging guests to trade pins. But pins have like always been a part of the parks. I think Walt Disney always liked pins as like an easy souvenir. Um, but after 1999 and the millennium celebration, it really just like caught on and it was like a fever of pin trading in Mm. the parks. And so they really did what they could to disseminate it. And then naturally Disney, you know, developed some rules about it. And I don't know exactly the history of, of the pin trading rules, right? but that's kind of evolved over time too. I think they did two primary things. They released pins to just cast members and you had to get those pins just from cast members. And then they had pins that you could buy, which were kind of always a thing. So when pins started coming from cast members and you were like collecting, I think that's where it really started to like change into a big hobby. Yeah, kind of an interesting aside. So we did at uh, the Magic Kingdom, we did the Keys to the Kingdom tour where we got to go with, you know, one of the plaid uh, VIP guides and they took us down into the um, Utilidor, the whole kind of central hub. It was of rad. That, it was pretty cool. It was really cool. <laughs> but one of the things I loved is he's like, and that's the window where when we had pins to give away every morning, we would go and get a fresh stockpile of pins. Yeah. And, and I, it was just like a little service window. Right. And you'd go and pick up your pins. And yeah. He mentioned that was like, that was their mandate to make magic happen. Yes. You know, give them pins. And, yes. And and on and near that window they had a they had giant boards, like framed glass framed yes. boards of every set they've released in Disney World. And I was kinda like, let's slow down and like <laughs> look at this. Because yeah. this is interesting. And it was back, you know, to the nineties. Yeah. You know, it was it's pretty cool. I and I think that that was probably more when cast members were initially just giving pins away. Not necessarily engaging in trade, right? Was you know kind of I think how they were kind of get kind of was like a feeder, like let's get them hooked. I think that's really what it was. Yeah, and then <laughs> and then they did like encourage trading, so um, that kind of gets into like a little bit of a rule of modern pin trading, right? So you can do because cast members still do get those pins. Okay, it seems like it's not like you go to your window and you get the pins. I'll give a little Disney secret about where I think those pins come from and and how they get circulated these days. But you can still trade from with cast members and typically they'll have like a little satchel. Mm -hmm. The the lanyards are kind of a thing of past. So they have a satchel and you can ask to look at their satchel and you have to trade one for one a Disney trademarked pin. Then there's we also were mentioning pin boards. When you go up to a pin board, it's all Disney pins of varying quality. Sometimes there's really good ones, but most times they're just like really stock ones that are always out there and then you can trade pins one for one okay you can trade two per cast member who's managing the board two or three and isn't there some sort of rule about duplicates on the board oh yeah that's a good point um i i ran into that the first time like in 2021 when i decided to start pin trading you can't give them i can't give a board a pin the board already has okay so there can't be two on there right at any one time that are the same pin Right, yeah. which doesn't happen very often, but um, it does happen occasionally. You got you got kind of hooked. Twenty nineteen, we had the shutdown, mm-hmm. and you started going hard at it, like yeah. in twenty one. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's when I got my first lanyard. And at first, I was just like ex- collecting exclusively Star Wars pins. Yeah, and I felt like weird about that, like that I only did Star Wars. 
Well, don't you think like that's how it would start though? Because there's a lot of like pins out there that just seem really uninteresting. Totally. And I'm like, I love Star Wars so much. Yeah. I'm like in in your recording area right now, surrounded by Star Wars memorabilia. Yeah, we like, have that poster that you gave dad for Christmas. I need I to get know. a properly sized frame. It's an Andor poster and replace that non-Star Wars business over there yeah, in that gosh, corner. It's like one of the only non-Disney things you got going I on. I know, I know. It's getting pretty Disney, Disney-fied down here. It's pretty cool because we all know Andor is like one of the best Disney productions. I'm not I, even sure you've seen it. I did not finish it, no. Uh, it uh, didn't have any Grogu in it. So. That's a good point. <laughs> it didn't hold my attention. Right, right. So a lanyard, some pins... And pin boards, and that's pretty much you can you can be entered into the world of. Well, I guess you don't even need a lanyard. You really don't. I didn't have a lanyard, and I was trying to pin trade on right. this Walt, Walt Disney World trip. All you need, we call it level one trading. <laughs> no, this is like level <laughs> one, like in the, the lingo of pin trading. This is my system. Okay. <laughs> I've I have identified three distinct levels of pin trading. Okay, this is great. <laughs> this is level one, um, which really just is you buy pins that you like, mm-hmm. and you recognize kind of early on that you can't just like buy a twenty dollar pin and give it to a board. Sure, yeah, no, that would be, be st- breaking you. Like. You're right, no good. <laughs> so you can buy like the you know the five pack of mm-hmm. really crappy pins, and you can give those to the board, and then typically. You know, you either have a lanyard or you have a little plastic bag. You see lots of plastic. I had the plastic she has bag. The plastic bag. Yeah, a Ziploc. Right. Snack size Ziploc. So, how did you <laughs> feel about? Because this was the first time in Disney World where you like, you you felt like you were gonna give it a shot. Yeah. So I took <laughs> your advice and I went to the gift shop. Uh-huh. Well, first when we we checked in to our resort, I was like, oh, let me see your pin board, you know. And I was kind of trying to peruse and see if there was any that immediately, you know, stood out to me. And then I went to the gift shop and I bought two of those starter packs. Oh, yeah. So I think they had like five or six pins each. And they're kind of pricey. Yeah, they're like 30 bucks. Yeah. I yeah. spent like $55 yeah. with a discount. And they're mystery pins. So they're like opaque. The bag is opaque. So you don't see, you, you, you know what collection that you're buying, but mm-hmm. you don't know what they are. And then I just like went to a board and decided that I was going to like get this cute little Disney pennant, like a Walt Disney World pennant. Oh, yeah, a little you know? flag, pennant flag. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I thought, oh, that's cute. And then I decided I was going to make a collection. <laughs> and I feel like this is probably like the most rare collection ever is Mr. Toad. Right. <laughs> like... <laughs> <laughs> I talked to a cast member and they're like, yeah, I try to collect Mr. Toad and you can never find him. Yeah. So <laughs> I went to one of these boards that was in the quick service restaurant at our uh, resort. And there was a little pin on there that kind of looked like a, I don't know, kind of like a reptile. Some sort like, of reptilian. <laughs> yeah. And I didn't, I didn't trade it right away because I wasn't sure what it was. And then I decided to go back. I got brave. And I asked the guy, I was like, can I trade a pin on your board? And he's like, yeah, go for it. So I pulled the pin off that I thought might be Mr. Toad. But uh, let's be honest. If if any of you have ever looked at a pin board, you don't know what most of those things are. Right. <laughs> yeah. Like you might recognize some of them, but they're like little collections. Right. And some of them are based upon other collections. Mm-hmm. Like... 
Japanese culture, for instance. Right. Yeah, like Right. Or they're like some sort of weird abstract yes. footprint sort of thing. Or you know? it's yeah, the footprints. Yeah. yeah. So it's just strange. So anyway, I grabbed this little pin and then I sent a picture of it to you and I said do you think this is Mr. Toad? <laughs> and my response was, God, I hope not. <laughs> well, it did have like an upturned nose, kind of like Toad, but it didn't have any sort of Toad like bumps, eyeball things right. on its head. So I ended up Googling it and it was, lo and behold, Jabba the Hutt. <laughs> <laughs> and, and which you still have to this day. Yeah, that's my first pin. It's got to stay with me. Right. And so I didn't keep him in my plastic baggie. I kept him in a separate little bag in my my uh, ba- my purse, like in my. Those are your keeper pins. Yeah, because I was like, well, I don't want that one to get out there. Somebody's <laughs> indeed gonna want that little Java. <laughs> Later, I found out it's part of the Sum Sum collection, right? Which are, like I said, like some part of Japanese culture. Mm-hmm. Not even sure, but there's a whole Star Wars collection of these Sum Sums. And the creatures are pretty cute. Yeah. I would, if if I saw like a sand people uh-huh. one or like R2-D2 or yeah. R2 or I mean C-3PO, uh-huh. Uh-huh. I would get those. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, and that's when you start kind of getting into level two trading. Yes. I might get there. Where you're like, oh, I really like that set. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to visit the pin boards and I'm going to look for sets. Yep. Right, because those, what you're collecting, the Sum Sums, are of a genre called Hidden Mickey. Oh. Hidden Mickeys, which is where, which is when they release pins to the cast members. So those are pins you can't buy. Oh, seriously? Yeah. The Sum Sums are? Yeah. Oh. I think so. Hmm. Pretty dang sure. So Hidden Mickeys are, like you were alluding to earlier, cast member pins. Right. Right. Okay. So you, and I don't know if this culture is changing. It might be, but you typically just cannot buy them. You have to you have to trade for them. Really? Right. Right. Hmm. So when you see a Sum Sum pin, you might start getting a little more hooked than you want because you're like, wow, oh, look, it's a sand person. It's more rare. Right. Well, the humans are a little bit boring. Like, right. I think you had one that was like a little bearded fella, and I had no idea who it was. <laughs> And then I realized that's Obi-Wan. Right. Right? Right. Yeah, once I saw them all in a collection online. Mm-hmm. Right. And um, it took me a second to recognize. And I and I think I got that, like, in an early time when I was just looking for something that was cool. Yeah. And that's really... And I think that's really the fun of it, you know? You don't have to look for sets. Right. You can just trade for what you want if you want to find Mr. Toad pins and stuff. I, I met someone who only wanted... Pooh Bear pins. Oh, really? Yeah, he had a yeah. full binder of Pooh Bear pins. Wow. I know. <laughs> you thought we were next level. <laughs> so in your level two collectordom, uh-huh. you would have collections mm-hmm. or be working towards collections. Mm-hmm. What are kind of the other characteristics that you like might put on a level two? Sure. So when you are <laughs> when you hit level two and you start having collections of sets, collections is this um, where you might have a problem level? Well, we'll get to that in a second. <laughs> but yeah, this is where this is where um, you know you're you're covering for other issues that you probably have. Yeah, so. like your partner's like, um, uh, do we really have the money for that? <laughs> right, and you're like, yeah, we. This is eating into our food budget a little, but we're we'll, we'll, we'll make share it, our we'll, next we'll meal. We'll make it out of the parks fine. 
<laughs> we'll, we'll go to get some grilled cheese. Instead, yeah, instead we'll of get a corn dog for dinner. Right. Yeah, we were going to go to the Lamplight Lounge, <laughs> but now we're going to eat at Corn Dog Castle. Right. Right, because we, we need more traders. Yeah. So, But at that point, you know, um, we found that just having like a bag of pins is completely inadequate because it's just things just get disorganized and you just have yeah. a big bag. So that's when you start seeing binders. Mm. And you start seeing binders that are organized by, you know, sometimes you'll see them organized by a page of Pooh Bear. Mm-hmm. Or, or like, in, in our case, we have rows of the different sets that we're looking for. And so we, we do something fun that we really like, that we recognize that not actually a lot of people do. And a cast member called us out on it. And they're like, they thought it was pretty cool because when we have a lanyard, we have themed lanyards that are just specific sets. I noticed that, and I noticed that you guys were changing them out each day depending on which park we were going to and what we were kind of doing yeah. that day. It's like a mood piece, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kind of, you know, because I have my weather vane set, you know, and I'm lanyard, and that one's kind of my sophisticated one. It's yes. more subtle, and, and people are like, whoa. Yeah. As opposed to my Star Wars one, which literally has people, like, grabbing me to look at them. Yeah, I noticed that at Hollywood Studios. Yeah, people get grabby. There was a lot of cast members (laughs) and mostly cast members that were stopping you when you were wearing that. Right. And Laurel admitted she got a little jealous because I had cool, organized sets on my lanyards. And it was getting some attention. It (laughs) (laughs) She She kind of doubled down, like, on one of the days, and I think she was wearing... Two, yeah, and and you know, that was or just she a, had an extra one on her just in case you know she needed to level up. And yeah, bring and, more bling. I think right, and well, actually, that because that kind of came about because when we were out there, we encountered a level three trader. Oh, and it was the only level three trader that we encountered in our entire time of uh, trading at Disney World. What kind of sophisticated? <laughs> individual is a level three a level three trader you can tell and by necessity they come to disney world just to trade because there's no way you're hitting attractions and going to like dining when you have five or six binders oh my like they have to bring a cart oh my so it's like we found one of those traders and that was uh, they're really common in disneyland's frontierland but we only found one in Disney World, and it was in Hollywood Studios at the um, the antique store at the very beginning, which is kind of like a guest services area. Oh, okay. She was all spread out there. And the reason Laurel started carrying around that second lanyard, even though it wasn't one that she like thought was stylish and cool as much, yeah. was because it was a set of Russian nesting doll princesses. Oh, I love those ones They're of hers. really cute, and but they're really hard to find. And she saw one of them. In this level three ladies binder, and I'm like, hey, look at that! It's a red nesting doll, and she's like, oh, I have that one. Oh, but then she second guessed, and she and then we went back, and she's like, oh, I didn't have that <gasps> one, oh, and she's no. only missing three, so it was gonna be like a big deal for her to get it. Yeah. So then she just started carrying it around, but the two lanyards was kind of annoying. Yeah. By the end of the day, so it was she, a lot. We just put it in the backpack. Well, I thought she was just trying to bring more bling. Well, we did help her reorganize her pin lanyards because I, I get really meticulous. I'm like really oh, I know. artistic about it. I know. My father's son. I like it. And I like it that um, I asked you about them and they, they each had a story. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not even kidding. Like, you know, you started like your Star Wars one. It had this progression. And it was kind of <laughs> like your personal story yeah. with Star Wars and then the pin trading. Right. And... Yeah. 
Yeah, I just, I appreciated that. (laughs) (laughs) It's a little extreme, but I love it too, because yeah, I built like a hidden Mickey lose. The second lanyard I started building was a hidden Mickey lanyard. And it was the first time I went to the park and said, I'm going to pin trade. Um, Or maybe the second time. It's kind of, kind of tough to tell. Yeah, there was a lot of trips in those early post- Totally. Post-pandemic opening days. We were hitting it hard. We were. <laughs> and because then you traded and you gave me one that was like a um, like a Seven Dwarves. Oh, yeah. You you emblem. gave me one of the trips we didn't take you on. Yeah. Or you didn't join us on. I don't know if you weren't invited or you said no. I can't imagine you said not saying. I said no. Yeah, I can't imagine. <laughs> you said take this pin and then trade something and make it a surprise. Yeah. And that was really fun. Yeah. And then I ended up completing that set, combining it with a... Um, Another set that I traded for, which was my only Mr. Toad's pin, is where I got the Mr. Toad weather vane. I love your weather vane collection. They're pretty cool. I'm kind of jealous. <laughs> so let's talk a little bit because Disneyland, it's full of weather vanes. They're really intricate little ornate touches on the tops of buildings. And next time you're there, listeners, go ahead and look to the sky, look to the horizon. And in the different lands, different buildings, and you'll see weather vanes. Right. And there's like one on Mr. Toad. And the irony is, I don't have a conscious memory of like seeing a weather. The vane weather vanes. And being okay. like, oh, look at that. It's a weather. Yeah, vane. yeah. But the 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 weather vane collection, it's like a lot of blues, right? And just real calming, soothing. Right. It's like a blue background with the weather vane silhouetted in black. Yes. Um, and it's pretty distinct characters. You know, there's like a Mr. Toad and a Mary Poppins and a Goofy and then some pirate ships and stuff. Yeah. And um, yeah, that was pretty that was pretty cool to like because I went with dad. It was when it was one of our last trips that we went. It was just me and him. And I told him, I'm like, look, I'm going to finish this set. and It's going to be hardcore. And I'm going to be hunting really hardcore. And he was so supportive <laughs> to the point where he was like, did you look there at that pinboard? And I'm like, no, I didn't. Then I ended up finishing the set. It was cool. Nice. Was so cool. what kind of magic happens when you finish a set or when you find one that you're working on, a pin that you're working on? Well, typically the cast member laughs at you because you can't help but exclaim like, oh my God, look, it's Mary Poppins. And they're like, okay. <laughs> or like um, when Laura was hunting, for example, she's like, oh my gosh, look, it's it's Olaf. <laughs> It's Olaf on a Ferris wheel, and, and and people are like, they're like, oh wow, you really like Olaf, huh? You know, and like they kind of, there's kind of like an amusement of how obsessed we are and how yeah. people get. So I think that's really so. Fun. Are you guys officially into this level three? No, we only have one binder. Okay, and I don't think Laurel and I would ever sit in Frontierland and for long periods of time and trade. I mean, I get some amusement out of the ones that have the whole vests, like full right. of pins. Right. But to me, it just seems too, too hardcore. Yeah, it's pretty next level. And, and they're like serious about it. Right. I ran into a level three trader at Disney World, it was, but she didn't have all of her binders. And she said that she had $85,000 worth of pins at home. Whoa. Yeah. Whoa. So is there a um, a unwritten code that you do one for one or they have all the chips because they have the best pins? They it's very rare that it'll be one for one. OK. Um, and they typically because typically they have almost everything under the sun. Like there's very few things that I have that they want. Right. Um, 
I got lucky one time where I actually had the leverage and he was, you know, these people aren't mean. They're right. Disney people, but they're just serious. And yeah. so I I had an Alulani stitch pin. Oh, I remember that one I got for you. You traded away stitch? I did. It was a big deal because I sacrificed this really cool Alulani stitch pin for, that was still on the cardboard backing and everything, for a Laurel Matroshka doll. Oh. And I was like, look, man, I'm going to have to have two pins for this because this is kind of a big Deal. Yeah, and he was like, yeah, for sure. But he didn't have anything else that I wanted. And so I'm like, oh, I, I see where you're coming from. Because sure. like, you're looking at all this and you're like, yeah, this is, this is okay. Yeah. So I ended up finding something. It was like some Moana themed island pin. So and we still have that. And again, but it, like that was a cool memory. You know? Yeah. It was a cool memory of really like having leverage on a pin trader. It doesn't happen very often. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's what you do. Because we're going to go to Hawaii next year. Right. You just buy a bunch of themed ones of those. Exactly. Like yeah. save any money that you get that's just like a random windfall. Totally. <laughs> totally. And yeah, and, and buy the cool ones. And we yeah, and we found that some of the exclusive Disneyland releases were like kind of coveted in the Disney world. Oh, really? Because they don't release the same in Mickey sets to each resort. Wow. Yeah. Did you find that there was a difference between between Disney World and Disneyland just in general for pin trading? Certainly it was less like serious. There was less of a community around it cuz you like when you go to Frontierland like those people all know each other at Disneyland. Yeah, Disneyland and they all have annual passes or magic keys and they and and so it just and and also Disneyland is a lot is kind of tighter knit, you know. You hear it all the time that Disneyland is a, like a locals park. Totally. And we're not local by any means. I mean, we live in Utah. Like that right. is not local. But you think about the number of times that we go per year. Mm -hmm. Like there's no way we would get out to Florida that many times per year. Right. And I think that's why you don't see very many level three traders at Florida because it's not like a place where they, someone can just go for a weekend or for their day off. Yeah. Unless you live really close. And I'm sure that there is a culture of that. Mm -hmm. um, but it's also I maybe the, the enormity of that park. It's possible we didn't know where to look. Yeah. You know, but I found that it, it felt like pin boards were fewer and far in, further in between. Yeah, for such a huge park. Right, right. It was a big effort to like, even just like the two pin boards in Fantasyland and Magic Kingdom just felt like. Very far 15 away. 15 minutes apart, yeah. you know, like, <laughs> so it didn't have that like intimacy of, oh, let's go cruise the lands and because in Disneyland, you know, we know where there's three or four pin boards per land and we know where to go and it's kind of a route. Yeah. But maybe it's just because we didn't know it as well. Well, interestingly, I did because I was kind of helping you guys search for them. So if we talked to a cast member, we would ask one person at the Animal Kingdom was saying they have very few pin boards there. And it, yeah. And, and you know, maybe I'm wrong and I'm kind of being judgmental about the Disney World pin training because I'm so used to the intimacy of Disneyland. But um, the main distinction is that I just didn't find a pod of people trading in their binders and stuff. Fun fact, though, I don't know if this is 100% true, but while I was doing research for this episode, I did find something funny that in Tokyo Disneyland, they don't allow level three traders. Oh, you can't just post up with all your binders? Because they took over the park. Oh, my god! <laughs> there were so many of them. Like, <laughs> I, I, I get the impression there wasn't places to sit. Sure. <laughs> because they just had their binders everywhere. 
But, you know, I, I, I can't attest to the absolute truth of that, but I, I, it kind of checks out, I think. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can't imagine. I mean, I don't know. I've never been to Japan, but I can imagine the frenzy of that kind of activity in the culture of collectibles. Collectibles, indeed. Right. Absolutely. Right. Cute collectibles. There's, mm-hmm. It's kind of seems in the cultural niche. Yes. You know? Um, on that note, we had a magic moment with some Japanese people, and that was really cool. Tell us about it. We were in the animal kingdom, okay. and we were just cruising by the Tree of Life, you know, on the little walking paths and mm-hmm. looking at the animals and the and the art. And that, that park is just gorgeous. Like, we were just having a great time. The detail and the exotic manner in which that they've presented things yeah. is very, very cool. Yeah, it feels very grounded, but also, like majestic at the mm-hmm. same time you know it's really cool so we were cruising around there and and then um we were taking pictures and i think i was taking a picture of laurel and um and then this japanese couple you know the, the girl was like okay you know i can take your picture and we took her up on it and she took our picture then she very slowly articulated uh great pleasure in our pins and was admiring our lanyards and then uh, produced her small little binder and asked if we would like oh, to trade with her. They were traders. Yeah, were and, and level twos. Level twos, indeed, <laughs> from Japan. Nice. And and they were a newlywed couple, like our age. Yeah. So it was like it was like a really kind of like gentle moment. Right. And we produced our little binder, and um, they it was really funny because like they had these gorgeous Japanese pins, like. I would like to think that the Japanese pins are all of this level, but they were they were just so different than what we had. And yeah. I showed them stuff that we had, and they liked this uh, Jack and Sally Nightmare Before oh, Christmas, yeah. like kind of couples pin and pins. And they're like, "Oh, I love those!" And that was like unique to them. Yeah. And we're like, and they're like offered us these gorgeous Mickey and Minnie in these like beautiful Japanese outfits, and they were like, you know, kind of dancing and they were like kind of festival yeah like maybe lunar new year or something or or something just yeah very festive with a lot of gold accenting i think they showed them to me yeah they were very shiny and they were just they were just beautiful and and you can't buy them in in the united states sure and so that was just like really really special to us because to us like that they were like oh yeah i have four of these (laughs) you know (laughs) we're like okay like you can buy this down the street you know like yeah so it was like for each of us it was not a big deal to give those away but to to trade and to have that kind of cross-cultural disney moment that's really cool yeah that was like one of the coolest moments of our trip and where else would you get that you know right you you have this thing in common the pin trading Mm -hmm. being at disney Mm -hmm. yeah i mean that's really awesome yeah it was really it was really special and and laurel you know made me promise that we would never ever in the world consider trading those oh and i and so i i won't you won't. You I better won't. leave them at home next I've time. I've left them at the other on. They're on a. Cor- <laughs> I've since assembled a cork board, and they are at the top. Oh, that's so yeah, sweet. It's pretty cool. Yeah, it just got us. It just. It was just a really genuine moment. Yeah, yeah. Pin trading is alive and well throughout the world. That's awesome. Yeah. So, what other things are like unique or cool? You have any uh, mayhem moments that have happened? 
Yeah. On, during on, during pin trading moments. Yeah. Like I said, that Laurel made me promise never to trade them because yeah. there are times where she's like, you traded what? <laughs> like, for what? Like, and she looks at what I got. I'm like, yeah, I love it. She's like, that was mine. Oh. <laughs> you know? Because you guys kind of store them together. Yeah. And, and that was kind of early on, like when she was just getting into it and I had done it a little and I just got a little zealous. Yeah. I admit I got a little zealous. I think I traded like... You know, like a crush or a, a squirt the turtle. Yeah. You know, dude. Yeah. And um, for like a hidden Mickey, and that would that that was. And yeah. hidden Mickey are more like the dime a dozen kind of yeah, standard pins ra- that you exactly. see on the boards a lot. And I traded one that she bought. Oh. For a while. <laughs> I feel bad about that still. So that that happens. Yeah, I mean, we kind of mentioned a lot of it. Like haggling with Frontierland traders can kind of be really intense sometimes. So kind of give a snapshot kind of how that looks. Yeah. Because it's kind of a scene. It's a scene. It's like <laughs> a thing. Like, yeah, it's kind of like the, like, yeah, it kind of sometimes has the vibe of like the. It's like a swap meet. The swap meet where you don't want to talk to the aggressive seller. But, <laughs> you know, they're not like hawking their wares necessarily. No, but it kind no, of has that vibe, but... you know. <laughs> so you go into Frontierland and you go under the. It's kind of like a like a fort, old style fort uh, facade uh, with a sign up front, and you walk in, and to your right, there's covered wagon style cart where they're selling pins that are hanging on. It's like a pin kiosk, yeah, a pin kiosk kind of yeah. thing. It's like wagon styled, and then just a few feet beyond that is the trading post, which is just a pin store, and there's a pin board in there, and then on the left there's like the shooting range. You, know, okay. you pay a dollar or five bucks and it makes the gun makes yeah. noise. And on <laughs> and on all the benches in that like little entrance, the entrance to Frontierland. On both sides. On both sides, there's probably like four or five benches and then a few stone walls. And during some times of certain times of the day, typically in kind of the afternoon and the evening, there is one person per bench with four or five binders kind of strewn about them. They're typically very talkative and they're okay with you perusing. It's when, but when you get down to brass tacks to trading, they, it's kind of when they get serious. Yeah. But it does kind of feel like a swap meet, like right <laughs> when you walk in there. That's a good well, especially if you don't know what's happening with the culture. And right. I feel like I didn't for so long. I just would see, like, literally people wearing clothing bedazzled with pins. Right. You know, you say level three, but I, I even say it might go higher for some. I, I think it really does. <laughs> yeah, like when I met the Pin King who had buttons made of himself. Oh. Yeah. I'll have to good. check him out online. He was online. one of those guys who had the vest. We've probably seen him together. He's yes. Like, and you get, but that's the other thing. It's like you see the same people. Sure. You know, and that's kind of cool. Well, maybe next time I'll stop by and look for the Sum Sum collection. You should. I don't know what I would trade them. I would have to like... Go buy some. I don't even know. Yeah, you'd have to turn around. You'd have to let me know. Like, so it's fun though. Yeah, you know because they're they're also looking for things. Well, maybe that's the ticket. You know, you go and you kind of talk to them. Yeah, and see what are they looking for, and then if they have something you really want, you might just have to, if you can, even buy it. I've I've actually thought about that. Like, yeah. if they have something that I'm like, can hardly even find on eBay, I'd be like, look. I'll go into the trading post across the street. <laughs> Is there something that you've wanted that you haven't been able to afford to buy? I'll buy it's it. It's like for this you. fifty dollar pin. Yeah, like to the point where I would, I would consider doing something like that for the right. 
For the right pin. For the right pin. It's like the perfect <laughs> trade. Yeah, exactly. Like I'm bribing you. Yes. And well, next time you go and you're like engaging with those super level threes, uh-huh. I would just like to kind of tag along. You should. Because honestly, I don't think they want my Jabba. And I'm not giving him up. I'm not. For the record, right. I am not giving up that Jabba. No, I love that though. You're an only <laughs> child, so you know you'll be inheriting the Jabba. The Jabba. <laughs> Yeah, that is hilarious. Well, I don't know. Is there anything else you want to add to this? I think it's been really informative for, you know, for me, for sure. Yeah. And I hope for the listeners, like... um, I hope it's fun. Yeah. uh, I have a funny story. When um, we went to Epcot, uh, it was kind of close to the pandemic. So Disneyland still wasn't open, but we needed a Disney fix. So we... It was so it was so early into the pandemic that we didn't want to get on an airplane and we actually drove all the way across the country to Florida. Oh yeah, it was hardcore. Uh, it was a long time uh, to get there. <laughs> uh, but anyway, I saw these two kids and it was in Epcot and they were standing in a line and so they were kind of adjacent to me and they both had lanyards on and there was an older girl who was probably 12 and a younger boy who was probably 8 and they both had lanyards and the girls was full of pins, but the boys only had like two or three. Mm-hmm. And she said, where are your pins? <laughs> and I think they had all fallen off. Oh, that sucks. And <laughs> so this is a good tip right. that I kind of started getting on you about Yeah, is that if you have pins, you don't want to lose, get locking backs. Yeah. And honestly, it's a big deal. Because the ones they come with are adorable. They're little Mickeys that are right. like rubber backs. Right. But they don't do nothing for the security of those pins. They get looser as time goes on. Yep. And they get looser if you put pressure on them. Yeah, so locking backs, all of our lanyards have locking backs on. That's a really good tip. Yeah. That's a super good tip. And you can go on Amazon. I got like a tin of, I don't, a lot. Yeah. You for like 12 bucks. Right. So you're investing a lot of money into pins. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. gentle gentle listener <laughs> parents of young children to even though it's a pain when you're trading to take them off right and i think that's why the baggie kind of comes in handy right but if you're if you're sporting them on your lanyard mm-hmm. put a locking back on it totally i I, I couldn't agree more i couldn't agree more and um just in general listeners just be nice to your cast members you oh know? that's always a good tip just be general gen genuine to your cast members because like so many of them appreciate when you actually ask how they're doing, what's going on, you make eye contact with them, and um, you kind of treat it as a social interaction instead of like... A transaction. A transaction, exactly. Mm-hmm. So we've had some, we've had multiple moments. Uh, the first time this happened was in Disneyland, the, the last time we went in January, where we were staying on property, and we were just trying to extend as much of our vacation into the evening as it was, as we could. Sure. Everything was kind of closing down. The park was closing down. Oh, because you guys had an early flight the next day. We did. We so, were out on a later flight. Yeah. So y'all are just kind of out, you know, doing whatever. Yeah. Probably, you know. We were probably back in the room, anyway. honestly. Yeah, yeah, probably. <laughs> but like not worried. And we're just like, just trying to squeeze as much Disney as we can. We're in the Disneyland Hotel gift shop and they're closing down. You know, Disney cast members are typically pretty relaxed. Sure. Um, and we were like, oh, we're looking at your pin board. And we're like, oh, we don't see anything. But, you know, thank you so much for, for being here. We really appreciate it. And we were about to walk away. And they're like, well, what are you looking for? And we're like, oh, we're looking for a few things, you know. And at that time, we weren't really, like, building particular sets. And she 
went behind the counter and pulled open a drawer, like a big two-by-two drawer. Yeah. And there was hundreds of individually plastic-wrapped pins pins that were going to go on the board eventually. Yeah, and they were like some of the newest sought-after pins that like even the Frontierland traders are like frothing at the mouth for. What? Yeah, and she just opened it up and was like, oh, yeah. Um, and she gave us like five of them. And, oh, and I was just, and we gave her some crappers, and she's like, "Oh yeah, perfect." <laughs> I was just about to restock the board anyway, because they're 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 supposed to put out a few of these. That's perfect. And so, like, we learned that, like, and then this kind of started to be a repeating form. Like, we were hanging out in um in the in Yield Christmas Shop in uh in uh, what's the American Land called? The, oh, the American Adventure, I think. Like, no. I don't know. Liberty Square. Liberty Square. Yeah, it's the Christmas shop there. It's one of the gift shops. And um, it was late. They were getting ready to close. And Laura was like looking. And she's like, oh, I don't see what you want. And she opens a drawer. What? What are you looking for? So this is what they do instead of giving out the, at the window downstairs in the utilidor. Right. They just have them in the drawer. They have a drawer full of all them hidden Mickeys. By the pin boards. And they populate the pin boards with the hidden Mickeys. Wow. So that's... That, I think, is the system that replaced the window. But really, people, don't ask for the, the drawer. Yeah, you know, it has to be it's organic. A, it's a magic moment, you sure. know what I mean? And and it's that's why I'm saying, like, just be genuine to your cast members because if they see that you're just a little nerd looking for things that make you happy, yeah, that they're going to try to facilitate you, especially when they already have to go into that drawer and repopulate the board anyway. That's awesome. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Well, and, you know, we all know that cast members really make the magic. They do. It like, wouldn't be, seriously. It wouldn't be the same without cast members who really care. Yep. You know? Um, so thank you, cast members. We love you. We love you. We really do. Even the one that yelled at Zach on Rise of the Resistance. My shame. For pushing buttons. And, yeah, you know what? That's another <laughs> thing. Just don't, don't push the buttons on Rise of the Resistance. <laughs> Yeah, they'll get mad at you and they'll say, we're speaking to you as a cast member right now. And it's just terribly embarrassing. It was humiliating. <laughs> <laughs> if only he knew that you were a level two pin trader. Uh, you know, he might have been kinder. might have been kinder. Yeah, and so be respectful of yeah. the property and be respectful of your cast members. And yes. Be taken great care of. And thanks so much for just like, you know, because I couldn't have gotten into this obscure, silly hobby without... You're facilitating me going and us having such a good time with you. Well, of course. We love having our Disney buddies. Yeah. And we're, we're excited to have more trips and more memories. Yeah, you totally. Know? You'll be a level two trader before you know it. Perhaps. Perhaps. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> right. Well, I don't know how many Jabba pins there actually are out there, but that could just become the thing. It could become the thing. Exactly. Yeah. I collect Jabba and Mr. Toad. I yep. like small, <laughs> small, I don't know. I guess Jabba isn't really small, but right. I was going to say like small toady. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I like they have to have bad skin. <laughs> That's a requirement. <laughs> Bad skin. Oh, yeah. I, I I can really appreciate that. Well, cool. Well, it's been a pleasure having you yeah, on. I really appreciate it. This was um, also kind of an incubator to see how we did together. Yeah. I think we had fun. Yeah, it was a great time. You know, Jake isn't always available if you want to come on again. I appreciate it. Well, I think I it would, would be great. I would back. Yeah. You know, I think we have a lot more Disney to talk about. Totally. And, uh, yeah, thanks for facilitating my 
my Disney trips often and, and letting me on the podcast. I Sweet. Really well, it's it. been so fun having you. Thanks for listening. We really appreciate it. And we'll talk to you next time. Bye. Bye. Our podcast is brought to you by Integrated Tax. If you're looking for a firm that will focus on your individual tax preparation needs and always treat you like a client who matters, look no further. Integrated Tax is a firm that is large enough to offer a full range of professional tax preparation services, but small enough to give you the individual attention you deserve. For more information, visit integrated.tax or find the link in the show notes. Thanks, Integrated Tax.